Alex. Something that you and our listeners might not know about me is that I am a huge Swifty. Something that I am sure you and our listeners know is that Taylor Swift is currently in the middle of her Eras World Tour. Now, I don't think we need to rehash the whole Ticketmaster debacle here, but long story short, I was not able to get tickets. But ever since she kicked off her tour, my TikTok for you page has been video after video of people live streaming her concerts. I've seen pretty much the entire show from all different angles. I've been there for every surprise guest she's brought out and every new song she's played. And since people are filming from their seats, I'm also hearing the crowd sing along and talk between songs and scream their heads off. It is probably the closest thing to being at a concert without actually being there. It is way more authentic than a filmed concert movie. Now there's a whole community of Taylor Swift fans, just like me, who are experiencing the concert this way, with their own inside jokes and references. It's translating a physical experience to a virtual space. There is a social element among the community. And I do have my TikTok profile. So you know what I'm going to ask. Is this the metaverse? Is this the Taylorverse? I'm Alexander Lee, a reporter for Digiday covering gaming, esports, and the metaverse. And I'm Sarah Patterson, an audio producer for Digiday. So, Alex, is this the metaverse? We've established three basic ground rules for what is and is not the metaverse. One, it requires a user to control an avatar that represents themselves in some way. Two, it translates some kind of physical experience into virtual space. This can be anything, as simple as walking around. And three, there is some kind of social or multiplayer aspect inherent to the experience. The live streams definitely recreated the experience of attending a performance in person, to some extent. And clearly it was a social experience too. But you weren't exactly using an avatar. So I would say it falls just short of being truly metaversal in that regard. But I'm not at all surprised that something like this would resonate with Taylor's fans. I mean... Concerts and musical performances have been an escape for people, a way for them to change their identities or embody someone else, for as long as live music has been a thing. Like the band Gorillaz, for example. That's an entirely virtual band that's existed since 1998, and is pretty much made up of cartoon characters. So, people have always wanted this to some extent. And arguably, Fortnite was the first big video game platform to realize that it could be used really effectively for other forms of virtual entertainment. Travis Scott's Fortnite concert in early 2020, which happened at the height of COVID lockdown, was a lot of people's first introduction to the concept of the metaverse in any capacity. Concerts even show up in Neil Stevenson's Snow Crash, which is the book that introduced the concept of the metaverse. One of the characters in the book is a Japanese rapper who goes by the name Sushi K. 
his appearance and performances are all about the metaverse. He sports this orange afro that looks kind of normal in the physical world, but when people jack into the metaverse, it turns into this sun-like orb that fills the entire venue with these huge laser-like beams of light. Being able to do this kind of fantastic out-of-this-world stuff is what makes some artists so excited about performing in the metaverse. And it's what convinced musicians like Travis Scott and Ariana Grande and even Justin Bieber to jump in. One of the guys responsible for these concerts is Adam Arrigo. I think it's just going to become something that is a standard part of an artist's album release cycle, where they're like, we're putting out an album, like we're making music videos, we're booking a tour, we're like doing a virtual event. It's so complementary to the rest of the process. Adam Arrigo is the CEO of Wave. Wave actually started as a VR company, but it found a lot of success when it pivoted to producing concerts inside game worlds like Roblox, which brought quite a bit of business to its door during the height of COVID lockdown. In addition to Justin Bieber, Adams worked with artists like The Weeknd and John Legend to help translate their vocals and dance moves into the metaverse. The thing that distinguishes our virtual concerts from others in the industry is that our shows are completely live. So the last big one we did was with Justin Bieber, who came into our studio in Culver City, put on a motion capture suit. We tracked his face with computer vision, and he did a live performance in the metaverse. And so as he sang and danced, his avatar kind of mirrored his movements. And then people joined the show virtually uh, as avatars, or they were watching sort of a, a 2D video of, of this performance. And they could send Justin energy or gifts or actually appear as a hologram on the stage during certain points of the performance. So a pretty lifelike avatar of Justin Bieber performed inside these wild virtual environments, like a road in which the double yellow line moves like a heart rate monitor alongside the beat, or a field full of glowing flowers. And the avatar itself occasionally burst into flame or was surrounded by these golden sparks. Fans attending the concert were able to actually participate and even see each other, both in the crowd of avatars that kind of danced around the virtual stage, and also from time to time as these ethereal backup dancers that actually phased into and out of existence around the virtual Justin Bieber himself. That audience participation is something that live streams and concert movies just can't replicate. It sounds simple, but there's something very exciting about knowing that you're in the exact same place as your favorite artist. And maybe there is the tiniest possibility that you'll be pulled up on stage like Courtney Cox in the Dancing in the Dark video. If Wave and other metaverse concerts want to compete with the real things, that interactivity or human co-experience, or co-creation, as Adam calls it, is just as important as the music itself. Yeah, it's equally as important. I mean, during the a show we did with Dylan Francis recently, people could send him these gifts that actually you know, transformed his outfit during the show. People could send him these <laughs> dancing fruits that had their name on it or a message to Dylan so he could respond and then everyone would see it on stage at the same time. And it, it, we really value that concept of co-creation where, you know, at a real concert, your only input is really just a clap. And at, in a virtual show, you might have a, a lot of different ways to express yourself. Like you could clap, you could send gifts to the performer, just like on a Twitch stream. You could throw a dragon into the sky that a bunch of people see just because you happen to have that superpower Adam says it's all about finding that balance. You want to give audiences new ways to experience a concert and interact with each other, 
but you don't want to take away from the person on stage. There's a performance, there's the audience. They all have these new abilities. What's the new type of content format that emerges? Like a lot of the things that we've talked about in the metaverse, the pandemic is really what gave it that push to take off. Personally, one of the first things that I canceled in March of 2020 was tickets to see Lady Gaga that summer. I feel that. Before the pandemic, I loved going to live music. So, of course, I attended a few virtual concerts during the peak of COVID. My favorite one was probably a concert put on by Wave, actually. It featured this entirely fictional virtual band called Pentakill, which is made up of members that are all characters from the video game League of Legends. So this was right up my alley. And I thought it was particularly fun as a way to pass the time. But to be honest, since the pandemic restrictions lifted, I haven't really been to many virtual concerts. There are still some people like Matthew Park who go to virtual concerts whenever they get the chance. There's actually been so many that I probably couldn't actually give you like a figure because there's they do like one every couple months at this point. Matthew is a Roblox content creator who goes by the name Cookie Cutter online. He's posted almost 2,000 videos to YouTube, and he has almost 800,000 subscribers. And he loves to attend virtual concerts. He's become so well-known for being a Roblox concert goer that he started to get recognized by other fans, especially when he's wearing his custom avatar. The character resembles myself, but also with features which I don't have. So the, it's got a backpack which looks like a cookie. Its hat is a top hat, but on the brim of the top hat, it's got tons of cookies and that the lid is actually turned into a milk jar with a straw out of it. So you can come up with creative ideas. And then I've got floating cookies, like rotating around my character's body to look cool. Of all the Roblox concerts Matthew has been to so far, his favorite has been Lil Nas X. There's like cutscenes, animations, and the map changes to incorporate things themed around the song. So quite a lot of his songs, for example, the Old Town Road song, things would appear like tornadoes and an old city would like all appear up and you can like interact with it all. You can do like little games and run around and explore the things that he's singing about. The Lil Nas X Roblox concert happened in November 2020. By now, its attendance numbers have been eclipsed by later virtual concerts, both on Roblox and on other platforms. But there's no denying that Lil Nas X was a watershed moment for metaverse performances inside Roblox, just like Travis Scott was for Fortnite earlier that year. The experience was so popular that it actually sort of broke the game for a bit, and it generated millions of dollars in merch sales, according to Roblox execs. Since then, Lil Nas X has leaned even further into gaming by partnering with companies like Riot Games for its League of Legends World Championship last year. Matthew actually admitted to us that despite having gone to just about every concert Roblox has hosted, he does still prefer to go to ones in real life. Although there is one major advantage that Roblox concerts have over in-person concerts, especially right now. Um, so the Roblox concerts, obviously, they're free. So many players, without having to travel, they don't have to get tickets, which normally cost a lot of money. Um, you don't have to ask someone to get you there somehow or anything. So I think the fact that many younger people who want to see these artists or say they live in a different country, they wouldn't be able to see it. It's definitely easier to access. Uh, yes, Roblox is free. 
I don't know if you've been to any concerts lately, Alex, but the whole process from trying to get the tickets to the ticket prices to buying merch at the show, it is out of control right now. Live Nation concert attendance is up 24% from 2019. And according to Polestar, which is a trade publication for the concert industry, the average ticket price for a stadium show in 2022 was $20 more than it was in 2019. And you can see all of this playing out on this Taylor Swift tour right now. If you're lucky enough to get tickets, you're paying more than ever for them. If you're like me and had Ticketmaster crash on you before you could even get into the site, you're looking at some astronomical prices on resale. I'm talking $1,200 for an obstructed seat in the nosebleeds, astronomical. And if you go through all of that to get to the show and you want a souvenir to take home, you might have to camp out online hours before the gates even open just to get a sweatshirt before it sells out. But going to a free concert where I don't have to worry about waiting in line all day or spending my rent money on tickets, that sounds great. So I think it might be time for me to enter the metaverse. So far, in this whole process of learning about the metaverse from you, Alex, I've been watching from the sidelines as other people explore the metaverse, watching the kids play in Roblox and watching the live stream of the VR fitness class. But one thing I've learned is that you cannot fully experience the metaverse unless you participate and immerse yourself in it. Since we're talking about concerts, I decided to go to the Metaverse Music Festival hosted by Decentraland. The festival was billed as an otherworldly cyberpunk landscape being reclaimed by nature. It had 15 different stages with almost 200 artists, including Bjork and Ozzy Osbourne. And most importantly, it was free. So sounded perfect for my first foray into the metaverse. As we know, in order for something to be part of the metaverse, you need to have an avatar that represents you. So first things first, I made my avatar. I kept it pretty close to what I look like in real life. Uh, white woman, brown eyes, brown hair, short, wavy on the top, shaved around the sides, a lot like my haircut right now. And for clothes, I picked out these red overall shorts and a white t-shirt. I gave myself a name. I accepted the terms and conditions. And then, all right, I am in the... I'm in the metaverse right now. I'm in Decentraland. Right now, I am in the main stage area of the festival. It looks kind of like a like a jungle vibe. A lot of trees. And it looks like there's maybe one, two, three. Yeah, I guess like three or four other people here watching. We are all just sort of standing in this place watching a screen. So I'm, I'm literally watching a band perform on a screen within my computer screen. We are just kind of standing around watching them perform on a TV within this world. It did take me a while to get the lay of the land. There were these floating platforms to get you from one side to the other, and I did fall off of those more times than I care to admit. I wound up spending a lot of time walking around this pretty empty world trying to find the different stages. 
the first and most important thing that I've realized about Decentraland's music festival is that the performances are not like the performances that Adam Arigo and Wave are putting together. Aside from the OzFest stage, which I can get to in a minute, the artists were not using avatars. For the most part, the performances were videos on embedded players floating around these virtual stages. Maybe some of the performances were being live-streamed, but nothing about them felt live. There was no interacting with the performers, and no one seemed to be taking advantage of the uniquely virtual performing space. There wasn't much socializing among the crowd, either. People started chatting the most during Bjork's headlining set on the last night, but mainly to complain that we were all standing around watching a music video. Yeah, that doesn't really sound engaging to me. Uh, when I went to the virtual Pentakill concert, there were very straightforward ways for people in the audience to directly participate. Like, your chat messages might be broadcast to other fans. And a limited number of people actually got to pipe their webcam feeds directly into the broadcast, or the virtual stage, for a bit. So, tell me about this OzFest stage. Did it have anything like that? It didn't have anything specifically like that, but it was doing something different than the main stage. It was billed as the first IRL metal festival to enter the metaverse. It took place in this big gothic castle with bats flying around. There was an MC who was trying to hype the crowd up as much as he could. All right, guys, for this next fucking band, I'm going to need everybody to come to the front of the stage and start a fucking mosh pit. Ladies and gentlemen, skin roll! It was unclear how exactly he expected the avatars to mosh. The headliners were actually performing through avatars. Ozzy Osbourne, who retired from touring earlier this year because of health issues, and Lemmy Kilmister from the band Motorhead, who actually died in 2015. Their sets each had virtual avatars cycling through animations as pre-recorded music played. It brings up this interesting and maybe ethically questionable layer to concerts in the metaverse. Could this be the future for performers who are no longer with us, like Lemmy, or who can no longer handle the demands of touring, like Ozzy and Justin Bieber, who has also canceled shows in the past because of health concerns? <sighs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it's obviously a really cool use of this technology, but... The idea of resurrecting dead performers on a virtual stage also gives me the heebie-jeebies. Can you tell me more about this virtual Ozzy Osbourne? At the very least, there was something about his performance that felt rooted in this virtual space. But, of course, that meant it came with some of its own tech hiccups. Not long into Ozzy's headlining set, his avatar disappeared. And all I could see were those bats. And for a while, I thought that was part of the act, that he'd reappear for the next song. But then he didn't. Eventually, I asked some of the other concert goers if they could see anything. And they were like, yeah, we're seeing Ozzy. So I realized it was me. And I thought, maybe I'm at a bad angle. Maybe if I move around the space, I'll be able to see him. So I jumped to the top of the bleacher seats that were around the stage, thinking that would give me a better view. And then I fell behind the bleachers and I couldn't jump high enough to get out. And I was stuck. 
And that is when I decided to call it quits on my trip to the metaverse. Sounds like a very uh, lifelike, realistic and immersive experience of what it's like to (laughs) fall behind the bleachers at a music festival and not get out. Yeah, I hate when that happens. (laughs) So aside from the case of the disappearing Ozzy, um, any other thoughts on the overall experience? Any positives? Overall, it was pretty dumb. I found the whole thing very confusing. Nothing about it seemed intentional to this virtual space. Nothing felt metaverse first or even live for that matter. The artists just weren't taking advantage of the fact that they were performing in a completely new medium. It sounds like Wave and Roblox are doing things differently, and maybe I'll check out one of those shows. But as of now, despite how difficult and expensive it may be to get tickets, I will be sticking to real-life concerts. Yeah, I gotta agree. When virtual concerts feel like they inherently have one foot in the physical world, it just comes across as kind of lackluster. I've been to my fair share of IRL music festivals in my day, and they all sound a lot cooler than what you just described. That's why I had such a good time at the Pentakill concert I mentioned earlier. There were no pretenses. We knew the band performing in front of us was made up entirely of video game characters, and that's what made it so fun. It made me think about the virtual fitness classes and how much more meaningful it felt when the folks at VRF Gym were doing virtual classes designed by and for the power users of the metaverse. I think Teflon Sega is doing that, but for music. I think Earthlings just want something new and fresh, and I think the idea that they can communicate with a persona from another place or, you know, or experience something that's not an extension of a human is really exciting, you know? And uh, I think when there's more of, and I don't mean this like to be boastful, but I think when there's more artists that, uh, that exist solely in a metaverse that are expressing two earthlings, I think that's where the excitement is. Teflon Sega is not a regular human being. He lives on another planet, and he's got pink skin and purple hair. And for an alien from outer space, it sounds like he's been listening to a lot of Post Malone. And he's a legitimate celebrity. His songs have been listened to millions of times across platforms like Spotify and YouTube. And he has hundreds of thousands of followers on social media. Teflon's top song, Beretta Lake, has been streamed on Spotify almost 16 million times. And the identity of the Earthling behind Teflon Sega, if there even is one, is completely anonymous. I mean, I'm born and raised in what humans are calling the metaverse. For me, it's my neck of the woods. It's a planet called Kidron. You know, music for me, I've always sort of had a window into uh, Earth art and, uh, you know, the music that's being made on Earth. And it's been a strong influence for me my whole life. So I've been able to get sort of, you know, an amazing sort of cultish following. Teflon Sega is undeniably a metaverse native musician. Just listen to the way he talks about the concept of the metaverse and why he's interested in being part of it. What's interesting is how I see Earthlings sort of trying to define, you know, a multiverse or a metaverse that's foreign to them. But 
to me, it's my only reality. I describe it as a place where, you know, imagination is, is the only, you know, limitation, where ownership is native to a creator, um, where expression, you know, sort of runs free. You had all these parallels, you know, fashion, gaming, music, that I think humans were used to existing separate. But I think what's so beautiful about the metaverse is that they all sort of live on the same plane. And uh, I, th I think that's sort of what you're going to see a, a lot more, is, is this merging of arts and culture and expression in one big, you know, sort of colorful ball. <laughs> When we were speaking to Teflon, I just couldn't stop thinking about Sushi K, that rapper from Snow Crash. In the physical world of Snow Crash, Sushi K is kind of this muted presence. He sits in a car, squished between his computer programmers, and he has this tiny afro that just looks a little ridiculous to the protagonist of the story. I honestly felt like Teflon had a bit of a muted presence too when we spoke. But when both of them get on the virtual stage, they become these crazy neon-colored characters. It's where they were meant to perform. You know, it's like a combination of a sort of psychedelic, um, trippy visuals, uh, various themes, me, you know, me being held by a, a giant for an entire song and performing in the grips of her hands. The, you know, these are the sort of things and that you'll see in a performance that is quite easy in a metaverse context, but would be really hard in a physical human Earth uh, context to pull off. So... I think for me, like, one of the driving purposes and focuses of what I do is to show creators that they can bring their wildest visions to life um, without necessarily a budget, you know what I mean? Like, you can express yourself, if you're a human, you can express yourself with pixels, and there are so many means to do that for free. I think being an indie artist is... is unbelievable and it's it's under underrated honestly where you can express yourself in any way you want there's something to be said about how the relative anonymity of the metaverse is perfect for musicians there's this level of mystique to old rock stars that modern musicians just can't reach due to the ever-presentness of social media but in the metaverse teflon sega doesn't need to divulge any more information than he wants exactly although he's still clearly excited to interact with his fans. The most recent Wave Dimensions Volume 2 show that I did um, was a great example of, like, you know, sort of doing a Q&A at the end of the concert, um, allowing people to sort of hang, see, you know, a, a bit of what I'm seeing. There's also, you know, the way really cool moments where their usernames were projected on the walls and various other sort of back and forth, you know, trying to take it a step further than maybe what you're familiar with as like a Fortnite show, which would uh, be more of like a one-way street. Really amazing what for what it was, but, uh, you know, engagement and interaction being like a, a big part of my community. So any of those moments where in real time we're talking back and forth, whether it's in a concert or, or live stream, goes a long way, you know what I mean? It took me a while to get into the Kedron mindset, but once I did, it became pretty clear why Teflon decided to build his music career from the metaverse up, just like the people who built VRF Gym. Artists have released music behind avatars or fictional characters before, but Teflon wants to do that, and perform live, and interact with his fans. 
And let's not forget, Teflon is an alien from another planet. So if you wanted to do that, the metaverse is the only place where it could really happen. Like the furries in VRF Gym, whose personas match their visions of themselves more than their physical bodies do, Teflon's appearance and performances in VR are a better expression of the artist's vision than anything else. Definitely. And I think we can expect to see more artists like Teflon pop up as this type of concert becomes more widespread. I do think we should probably include a dose of pragmatism in this episode. Virtual concerts are really cool, but they are still a niche of a niche type of entertainment. And they're not about to replace physical concerts or music festivals anytime soon. After my experience at the Metaverse Music Festival, I just can't see myself going to any other virtual concerts in the future. I am optimistic, though. There's obviously a desire for this kind of entertainment, and musicians will figure it out, especially once people get more comfortable spending their money on tickets to virtual concerts. And uh, when they do, maybe they'll catch me stage diving in the Metaverse. Is This the Metaverse is a podcast by Digiday Media. It was written and reported by Alexander Lee and Sarah Patterson. It was produced by Sarah Patterson and edited by Ben Elman. If you've been enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And feel free to share it with somebody else who doesn't know what the Metaverse is.